Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, and we keep chugging along with our position previews. We've covered quarterbacks and running backs. Now we'll cover the rest throughout the next couple of weeks. But today, a position with a lot of big question marks. Uh, some big additions in the offseason. We'll see if they make an immediate impact. Uh, but one player, I think uh, we're expecting a big, big uh, increase in production from. So, Joey, let's talk about the wide receivers. And I, I think we haven't gotten our Phil Steele magazine as of today. But I would imagine in his Big Ten position ranking groups, Illinois is probably bottom three in the Big Ten with wide receivers. And I don't think you or I disagree with that. No, I mean, it's it's been a position that has struggled for some time, right? This isn't new. This isn't some revelation that they're not very good. After the Malik Turner, Geronimo Allison, Mikey Dudek kind of era there in 2016, really hadn't been very good. Ricky Smalling had a, had a solid year in 2017, but it's just not been there. Josh Bebe, Josh Bebe had some big moments i mean without him they probably don't go bowling in 2019 but there's just not been the combination of top end guys and depth and that's that's a bad combination and then of course it doesn't help when you haven't figured out the quarterback position it doesn't help when the offensive coordinators have have been on one-year rental leases for lack of better terms in champagne and head coaching changes it's been a part of a really struggling illinois passing offense and we've talked about this before, but the last line at wide receiver to be drafted was A.J. Jenkins, surprisingly, in the first round. I thought he was like a third-round prospect, but a heck of a year in 2011 with Nathan Shilas as the quarterback, put up monster numbers. I uh, don't know if it was record-breaking, but he was one of the best wide receiver seasons we've seen in Illinois uniform. Regis Ben in 2010. Now, there's been some good players, right? Mikey Dudek had the one of the best freshman seasons we've ever seen in Illinois uniform. Injury sidetracked that. Malik Turner was a good uh, receiver, one of the top 10 by stats in Illinois history. And Jeronimo Allison had two very productive seasons. And of course, Turner and Allison have been in the NFL uh, as undrafted free agents. But it's it's a group where you feel like, as you said, Joey, the offense, the play callers, the quarterbacks have probably held them back a little bit. But then it's also been a talent problem. Uh, and, and then Ricky Smalling, who had a good start to his career, it just kind of decreased from there. And then, of course, he didn't play his, his fourth and final season at Illinois. So it's just been a group. You've been looking for difference makers. I think the one positive thing is you did find a difference maker last year in Isaiah Williams moving to wide receiver. But you also had a weird year where Brian Hightower, Jafar Armstrong didn't make an impact. Like two guys who were kind of ballyhooed transfers, former top prospects who played at bigger programs. So it was an odd year with Tony Peterson, where even though I didn't think the talent was all there, um, I felt like 
the talent that was there, Illinois didn't get the most out of. Yeah, actually, Jeremy, there may have been may have been two difference makers, and one of them is at Florida State. Uh, Deuce Span looked like a hit when they moved him from quarterback, and it's, I mean he ended up transferring out. So you have Isaiah Williams, who Jeremy is the uncut number one wide receiver. I mean, I don't there's nobody on planet Earth I think who would say otherwise. He he is the guy, and expecting a big season out of him. But you, you have to look at what's beyond him, and and Casey Washington is a solid outside wide receiver he, he's he's gonna fight for things he's pretty good hands i remember, remember that 2019 camp i think it was 2019 he caught everything it was awesome to watch like we would all do our interviews and he would stay and get one-on-ones and just be the most ridiculous catches you've seen but but you you question who's the number two outside guy jeremy who's what if there's an injury what if there's, there's a lack of production what happens how deep does this rotation go and I don't know if the answer is beyond comfortably four guys, right? It's, it's a pretty unproven group at that position, which this is going to be, I mean, it's not ideal to have in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's, it's the position I think has the biggest question marks. And you said it, Joe. I mean, Deuce Span is a loss. I thought he should have been on the field more. Understanding he's not a 40 rep a game guy, right? Because he was making the transition. Um, but he was a guy that I thought they needed to force feed the ball to, and I couldn't blame him for transferring just like Daniel Barker. I couldn't blame him for transferring. Um, you know, Brian Hightower was odd. The reason he didn't play, it was just kind of weird how Illinois handled that spoke about that. Bielen was saying Hightower came to him to uh red shirt, uh, Peterson, not really giving us much about why Hightower wasn't playing except, um, the guys we think of us the best chance to play around the field. It was just kind of weird after he had three touchdowns and 200 receiving yards in a COVID shortened year. And then Donnie Navarro is gone, right? Like I know Donnie is former walk on maybe some limited ceiling there, but Northwestern scooped him up and, and seemed to, to really want him. And, uh, you know, he's one of the guys who got the most reps at wide receiver last year and he's gone. Uh, and then you bring in, Jonah Morris, a wide receiver who hasn't played that much, um, you know, at the, the power five level, even though he's had some talent, he's a, he's a highly ranked recruit um, and, and not much else, Joey, outside of a freshman, which this is a position where freshmen can make an impact, but it's just a lot of unknown there. Yeah, there is a lot of unknown. And uh, with Brian, Brian Hightower, let's circle back to that one really quickly, Jeremy, because we thought like, oh, this is the most pro- productive returner after the 2020 year and there was an injury early that uh, apparently you know limited him in some capacity but beyond that it was it was weird we still haven't really gotten an explanation there but it I, I don't know well, you're right Phil Steele would have this group low I know I diverted completely away from from what you asked me um but yeah I mean could, could freshmen come in and, and make an impact maybe I, I think you and I both think there's one who who makes all the sense in the world, and that's Sean Miller. But the proven talent here, the proven production—I shouldn't say proven talent—proven product production just doesn't exist beyond Isaiah Williams and to a degree, Casey Washington. I mean, he had career highs across the board last year. Granted, that still wasn't—you know—it was 27 catches, I think it was. I have it all pulled up here. Uh, it's under 300 yards, right? You have one guy. Yards. 21 receptions, 294 yards, no touchdowns. And this I, I messaged you this earlier, Jeremy. It's weird. Casey Washington doesn't have a receiving touchdown in his career. That is mind-boggling to me because I feel like he's kind of been there for, for a while. 
Like, like there's not a knock on him. It's just, there's not a like a necessarily a knock on. It. It's just a really weird stat, I guess. Like I, I just in my mind was like, oh, he's definitely got one, and I didn't think anything more of it. All right, so let's start our questions. Each each time we do this position preview, we'll kind of preview it. Uh, we'll do our overview like we just did, and then have our five or six questions. I got five for wide receiver. And here's here's my big one, Joey, uh, coming off the offseason. Did Illinois do enough during the 2022 recruiting cycle to address this position? Okay, they've added four freshmen, John Miller, Ian Pugh, um, Ashton Hollins, and Hank Beatty. Three-star prospects, all of them, Sean Miller from IMG Academy, Hank Beatty, Ian Pugh, two of the top wide receiver prospects in the state. Ashton Hollins a sleeper, but has the tools, right? Like long, fast, but play quarterback as a high school prospect. And then wide receiver transfer were kind of waiting all off season. And they finally add Jonah Morris, who had a circuitous route back to the big 10 started at Indiana. Uh, then went to Akron, had a good season injuries. Then went to Colorado state, didn't have a good year there. And now Illinois adds him certainly a big target physical, but just hasn't been, hasn't shown that he's productive yet at this level at the big 10 level. So what do you think, Joey, did they do enough to address this position? Long-term maybe. I I think we like the the prospects, the high school prospects they brought in short-term. I probably would have liked to see them be a little more active in the transfer portal. And I understand you probably don't have the sexiest pitch for a wide receiver in the transfer portal right now, but you would have liked to maybe see there's some options there. You thought, Oh, that could make sense. And maybe a more veteran guy. And I know they got Jonah Morris and he answers kind of the, Hey, we need a big dude outside type of guy who the idea of him, I mean, you haven't seen it done in, in the big 10, but the idea of, Hey, he's a big guy. He can go get some of these 50, 50 balls, go up and get it a, you know, kind of like Josh and Bebe did, but I just, I still feel like there was something left in the immediate term to be desired out of the off season for wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, on the surface on paper, I would have wanted something uh, more proven than, than Jonah Morris, right. Or, or maybe with a little bit better of a track record um, or some, some untapped potential, you know, last year at Northern Colorado, I know it was a, it's a rebuild there with Ed McCaffrey and, uh, but he had 20 catches for 143 yards. Akron, his best year back in 2018, right? He's a seventh year senior, I believe, Jonah Morris. I think he started yeah. in 2016, 26 catches for 381 yards. So is there an untapped ceiling there? Maybe Illinois sees that. Obviously, they think he can be productive as a scholarship wide receiver right but like i think you would have loved to have added like a josh and matt baby didn't prove a lot at usc but the, you knew the the profile was there like maybe he just didn't get a shot like he was just buried on the depth chart marcus washington at texas this would have been a really good addition but i just don't think illinois uh could could win a battle like that probably at, at this point so uh, i do like what george mcdonald did in the uh, class of 2022, Sean Miller, I expect to make an immediate impact. I think Ian Pugh has a really good long-term ceiling, but I think he's going to need some time. I think Hank Beatty can, can find his way onto the field early because he's a dynamic, uh, you know, kind of slot receiver. But when it comes to the transfer portal, I didn't, I don't know. We don't know everything, Joey, but was it the priority? It seemed like O-line, D-line were priorities. 
I thought wide receiver should have been an immediate priority to help Tommy DeVito to help the rushing attack. It just felt like it was kind of further down the priority list. Maybe that's not fair, but it just felt that way, the way it played out. Yeah, I, I thought wide receiver, and, and to another point, and I know this will be a later podcast, cornerback were probably two of, of the positions that you thought, okay, that's got to be that's got to be high on the list, along with defensive line, and they did address that um, that position. But yeah, I, I don't know, Jeremy, because it just didn't didn't feel like in the off season there was that like, okay, Illinois is in a head to head battle with X transfer wide receiver, and we'll see if it, that. I mean, unless they kept it under the radar, which I know we're kind of you more than I are pretty plugged into the ongoings there. I just didn't feel like I heard that or felt that. And it just felt like, okay, they're hosting so-and-so offensive line and defensive line. But you, I just didn't feel like you saw a bunch of wide receiver transfers come in as, as visitors or in those battles. Yeah. And I thought O-line should have been a priority. Uh, defensive line. They need to add people, but it just, you know, the kind of vibe I got was we'll see if there's scholarship spot space left at wide receiver. And given what they have at the position, I was a little bit surprised uh, by that. All right. Question number two, reason for big optimism about this group. Isaiah Williams had 500 plus receiving yards last year, uh, even though he probably should have been used more, but we saw some explosive games, hundred plus yard games, Joey. We saw that he can be really good, potentially an all big 10 candidate, potentially an NFL kind of prospect. Isaiah Williams will have the most receiving yards for an Illini wideout since when and whom? 2015, Geronimo Allison had 882. 2016, Malik Turner had 712. I'm going to take between those two. Like, I don't think it's a, I think there might be a thousand all purpose yards there with rushing yards, but I think that 850 range to 2015 it feels right with, with Geronimo Allison there. I am going to go a year earlier than you. I'm going to go I knew it. receiving yards since Mike Dudek back in 2014 when he had 1,038 over 13 games, right? Yeah, he had Illinois made the bowl game that year. Mike had 76 uh, receptions. He had six rushes uh, for 73 yards as well. So he had 1,111 yards from scrimmage. I'd be disappointed if Isaiah Williams does not top what Geronimo, Geronimo Allison did in receiving yards, he needs to get the ball six to 10 times a game. And if you're getting the ball six to 10 times a game to Isaiah Williams, he should be putting up a thousand receiving yards. I, and, and I know Joey, you're talking about rushes. Most of these are those little pitch forward passes, yeah. double passes that are going to be receptions. I think he should put up monster numbers. We're assuming health here, which is never really safe, but assuming health, I think, I think Barry Wani Jr is going to get him the ball in creative ways. We saw that here in, you know, the uh, spring game. I was really encouraged by that. I think there's going to be a lot of screen passes. I think there's going to be a lot of quick hitters. It's one thing we didn't see out of Tony Peterson's offense, right? Slow developing, not a lot of short yard passes. Like you'd watch UTSA or watch some of these other teams, Joe, and be like, why is it so easy for them to get the ball out quickly, get them in space, and just pick up seven yards and stay in front of the sticks? Illinois struggled to do that. I think we saw in the spring game, we saw at UTSA more importantly, Barry Loney Jr. gets his studs the ball, finds a way to get him to it quick. And I think Isaiah Williams is going to be a huge benefactor of that. So 
despite all my questions outside of Isaiah Williams, he reminds me so much, and I know I'm repeating myself, of Wandale Robinson. And I, I, I saw Mike Dudek this weekend at Nick Allegretti's camp, and I said that to him, he goes, absolutely. He said, yes, that is exactly what it is. And I think Nebraska struggled to get him the ball sometimes, and he goes to Kentucky, and he has a monster season is a top, you know, 50, 60 draft pick was a second round draft pick. I believe I think he's capable of, of that kind of season. I think he's that kind of talent. And I, I have some optimism that Barry Lunny Jr. will do that. So I'm buying all the Isaiah Williams stock. Well, I guess I'm the hater over here, man. Like not, not putting a thousand yards up. Can we just say like, I, I went back through and uh, looked at kind of where Illinois wide receivers have ranked in the big 10 isaiah williams last year ranked 13th in the big 10 with 47 receptions that was the highest that any illinois players ranked in receptions since 2016 they hadn't even had a top 20 season before that i mean this is not this is down like if isaiah williams puts up in that 850 to 1000 yard mix Holy! I mean, you're talking the best season since 2014. That is, but he, is he, he the most talented? Isn't he the most talented? Like I, I, I feel like yes, it's so weird to be talking about an Illinois wide receiver that way. But I know Barry Lunny is playing in a different conference, right? I know he's playing against different talent, different defensive coordinators. He had three receivers get 750 yards last year. One with a thousand. We saw Zachary Franklin just just dice up Illinois. Again, I know it's a different league. I'm not expecting three Illinois wide receivers to do that. But I think he can get the number one guy the ball. And he's talked about that. He's talked about he's the kind of guy you have to force feed that. You guys are going to ask. Fans are going to ask. I'm going to ask, why isn't he getting the ball more? So he understands the talent. And that Isaiah is the one guy that he needs to do that with, especially in the passing game. We'll see about, you know, obviously running backs. He's got to get those guys the ball. But uh, I think... This guy had offers from Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma. All these teams wanted him as a wide receiver for a reason. I think he's found his home, and I think this is the year he really takes off. And I think if all goes well, this might be the last season for Isaiah Williams. Now, he has to do it. He has to do it on the field. But um, I, I just have optimism with Barry Lonnie. So, yeah, I got that. Next question. That. I mean, I don't think like, you're unfounded in that, Jeremy. It's just like that's it's my own mental hurdle where I'm like, Oh, I, I just haven't seen this as an Illinois, out of an Illinois wide receiver in a while. And, and yeah, Isaiah Williams got all the talent in the world to do it. And, and, and my last point on him, I know we have another one is he had a really good year for being a wide receiver since uh, March. Like he had been a full-time wide receiver since March and he had double more than double the receptions of any other player on his team. He had 525 receiving yards. And this isn't like, most of these passes weren't 40 yards in the air to Isaiah Williams down the sideline. Like that's not his game. It's between the line of scrimmage and 19 yards and let this dude make people look foolish and, and let him use his elusiveness. I think that's also such an interesting part of his production story is this isn't those long heaving passes where he goes up and, and mosses somebody. Like he's, he's going to his butt off with these yards. There are a lot of yards after the catch. Now he did show late in the year he can be a deep threat. Yeah. Like he can get behind yeah. people, right? Especially when he's in the slot there and maybe gets on a safety or a linebacker, whatever it is. But that's why last year was so frustrating, Joey, is because like 
get the playmakers the ball in space because he has shown now for two years that if you get him the ball in space, he can make people miss in the Big Ten. He had 389 rushing yards on 63 carries as a quarterback, right, in 2020. Last year, 525 receiving yards on 47 catches, 61 rushing yards on 12 carries. He can make people miss. He can pick up yards uh, in the Big Ten. Um, so I think you got to find a way to get him 80 to 100 touches next year. Uh, I think it's it's necessary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Joey, the big question, who will be the number two wide receiver on this team? I think it's Casey Washington, Jeremy, just because when you go back and look at production at the college level, he has probably about as much, maybe a little bit more than Brian Hightower in, in totality, but we saw Casey last year. And until I see Brian Wash, or Brian Hightower on the field this year making a, a contribution, I have to go with the person I saw do it most recently, and that's Casey Washington. He's not he's not going to be a number one on, on every other Big Ten team. They're a number one outside guy. Isaiah Williams number one. But when you look at like your outside receivers – Probably not most of the Big Ten teams, Jeremy, but he he's a solid, a steady guy, and really, he won the coaching staff over. I mean, he came back from Wake Forest, and they freaking rave about this guy. Uh, now, you got probably want to see a little bit more. I mean, career high being 209. How many times do I have to look this up before I ultimately remember that it was 294 yards? But I, I think it's him, man. I, I really do. Yeah, it's Casey Washington is the right answer. And I think Casey's a really solid Big Ten wide receiver. I think one thing that can go underrated with him is his blocking. He's a really solid blocker. Uh, I think he can get even better than that. Uh, what Casey doesn't have is maybe an elite trait. He's 6'2", 190 instead of like 6'4", right? If you're 6'4", uh, I think he can go up and get it a little bit better. But he's got good hands. You saw at the end of the Penn State game, he can go up and get one and, and grab it. Um, so that was a two-point conversion, but he doesn't have the touchdown. Uh, you know, he's, he's not the fastest dude, but he is really competitive. I think he's really coachable, it seems like. I think he's just a really good high floor wide receiver. I'm interested to see if he can take a leap and can he be a 500-yard wide receiver guy in a different kind of offense. Um, the one guy, I just, I, I need more of an explanation of, of why Brian Hightower just fell off the map. Like, it was a lost season. And we know injury had something to do with that. He had an injury during training camp, kept him out a while, played a couple games, was kind of available for games, and then he decided to redshirt and didn't wasn't a factor over the final stretch. So maybe it was just injury. 
but it was a lost season. But he's a guy when he was at Miami, was a top four-star prospect, made some early uh, impact. And then two years ago at Illinois, he had 11 catches, 209 yards, three touchdowns. And you, you saw some flashes next to Josh Matur baby, you know, with not good quarterback play that, oh, this guy can maybe take on that role the next year. And then I saw in the spring game, Joey, I know it's a spring game against, you know, third stringers, four catches for 80 yards. And I'm sitting there going, why can't this guy be the number two? I know he's not that fast. I know he's maybe not, didn't make as big of an impression last year on the coaching staff. But when he's gotten on the field, I've seen him produce. I just didn't see him on the field barely at all last year. So I just haven't given up there. Like, I I know he might not be perfect, but, like, you're not – it's not like Illinois swimming in great options here. Now, maybe they got Jonah Morris and think he's going to be better than Brian Hightower. I haven't given up on him yet, though. The other guy I could consider is Pat Bryant. I really liked him as a prospect. I thought he was one of the best players in that weird class of 2021 – the Illinois had played a lot late in the season, really good blocker, which matters. Not the biggest like Casey, maybe not the fastest, but I think he could be a really solid player. And it seemed like he had a really good spring. So he's another guy I would throw into there. We'll bring up a, a freshman that we think can be uh, pretty good, but I think those would be, you know, Casey, you know, Pat Bryant, Jonah Morris, I guess, and then uh, Brian Hyde. Yeah, to me, it's the kind of the battle for the quote-unquote number two outside guy. Like, who is standing on the other side of the field from Casey Washington? And I think the, the names you listed are, are right. And, and maybe I'm sleeping on Pat Bryant a little bit. I mean, he made a, a fine impact as a freshman. I mean, the numbers aren't impressive by any means. Six receptions for 98 yards. Uh, what, By the way, there weren't a lot of, outside of Isaiah Williams, impressive numbers for Illinois wide receivers last year. Uh, but it's, it, someone's got to step up and be that, Jeremy. And, and that's why I go back to, I, I just let, there was a little bit left to be desired in the transfer portal because I thought you need a big body. And, and Jonah Morris, the, the interesting part with him is he does fit that mold. Like he was a highly recruited kid out of high school. That was a long time ago. And the production hasn't been there. But Brian Hightower has the skill set that Illinois needs in the sense that he's a big dude who can go get the football. And Illinois needs that. Like, they just, they need that. Joshi Matador-Bebe, that was his best skill, and that's been the best passing offense that Illinois has had since those NFLers are left. Maybe it wasn't that fast, right? No, Bebe, no. Bebe was a, a great vertical athlete who was big and physical, and I, I see, obviously, Matador-Bebe was unbelievable at that. I think he was an elite trait guy at that. I just wasn't the quickest, and that's probably not why he's probably why he's not in the NFL along with injuries. But um, you know, Hightower's shown some of those things. So I'm just I, I'm just interested to to get into training camp, ask a little bit more about that. I know we've asked about it, but uh there's hasn't been much about it. And then they seem to like what he did this spring and, and we saw it on the field. So I'm it's just a mystery. This is a mystery to me. Do you have anything else to add before we get to the next one? An explanation would really go a long way, be it from him or from the coaching staff. Just what happened? I, I mean, how much well, was it an injury? I just, it, the, the mystery that you and I don't like mysteries as part of our job to try to get the answer to those. But I, it, it's kind of frustrating to not know. And I get it. Like, if it was something else, whatever. But the we had asked, there, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I did ask George McDonald about it. Um, and he said, 
he, he said a little bit about Brian competing every day, all that, but then he said, you get a fresh new lease on life, a new fresh football. You get the opportunity to cross the board to catch the ball. Now he's really seen the expectation that I have and the expectation that coach has. He's really doing a great job of trying to push himself every practice to make sure that he's playing up to his ability. It's been fun to watch him every day, get better and every day grow at that. I'll say when the red shirt thing happened, I was thinking, Oh, he's gone. Right. Yep. He's gone. It didn't work with this coaching staff. He didn't commit to this coaching staff. And George kind of hinted at it. I mean, Tony was talking about, um, you know, when we asked about him during, during the season, like several times, Tony kept saying, we're putting out the best guys who can make the biggest impact. I'm like, Oh, that doesn't sound very good. Like, is he meeting the expectation? George kind of mentions it there, but now it seems like Brian's still here. He made an impact in the spring game. Maybe he can get back in that rotation. Maybe he can make the most of it. So don't mean, don't mean too much about this, but it was just it was just odd. Yeah, he'd be really important for Illinois if, if he is that guy across from Casey Washington. Like that, that's a that's a very helpful piece to this passing offense. All right. Question number four. Which newcomer will make the biggest impact at wide receiver? Sean Miller. I'm buying the stock, man. I, I, and I think, Jeremy, I think the stock would be a little more expensive if he played the spring game. I, I think if people would have seen him, if we would have seen him, like I don't want to act like we we have some some great visual insight that no one else did. I, I just think it's there, Jeremy. I think he's he was a very polished receiver coming out of high school through that IMG, which prepares you for this. Like it's that's a big deal to prepare you for college football, college athletics. I, I think there's a lot there. The collarbone injury, Brett Bielema said it was a collarbone injury. That lines up with what we saw kind of in the sling at the spring game. The, you, you wonder, you know, make sure he's back, right? Brett Bielema seemed to say that he's going to be back in time for uh, fall camp. But, man, I just think that that's a position, one, that freshmen can come in and, and make an impact at. Two, he's polished. And three, as we've harped on for the last 20 minutes, you need depth there. You need somebody there to step up and do that. And all signs kind of point to him. Yeah, I think the choices here are Jonah Morris, right, as the transfer you'd hope makes an impact, Sean Miller or Hank Beatty. And I think Hank Beatty's got number one in front of him, right? Isaiah yeah. Williams in front of him, so it's going to be really hard to do that. Uh, Sean Miller's the answer because of just what the coaching staff has said about him. Like his maturity level, there's talent there, Joey. Um, again, I don't know if there's an elite trait there out of just like he's polished. Like he's coming in like he's a 21-year-old uh, kind of wide receiver, runs amazing routes, but he's like 6'1", built pretty well, so he's ready to make an impact. Like Ian Pugh and Ashton Hollins have to add strength. It might be a year or two before those guys uh, can really make an impact on the field. That's not the case with Sean Miller. Yeah, the one thing holding me back is the, the collarbone injury, but I think they added this guy knowing he's potential to make an immediate impact, and I think he can play all over the field. Um, so I, I don't know if my expectations are ridiculously high for him, but uh, the way McDonald talked about it, and then probably more importantly, the way Lonnie has talked about him in the few times we've had Lonnie, like, I, I think Barry's hinting that Sean's going to be a big part of, of what they do in that wide receiver room. Like I, I have little question that he's a top five wide out right now after spring ball. Yeah. I agree with that completely. And that's a really good point about Lonnie because he has just to pull the curtain back a little bit. When we've asked him about things, he has been very measured 
because he, I mean, look, man, come on, you get it, right? Like, I understand why he's seen these guys on the field for 15 practices. Uh, he, he's going to be measured. He's not going to tip his hand. But if he says something, and the way he talks about individual players, you have to listen because it's not accidental. And I think that's that's important to remember in the way that he he kind of talked about Sean Miller there when we've asked him about him at the times we've talked to him. But yeah, no doubt he's in the top five. Is it higher? I don't, I don't know. I mean, we don't know that. We don't see anything. But uh, he's definitely in that wouldn't be shocked if he's a pretty steady rotation piece group to this uh, wide receiver room. All right, Joey, last question. Is there enough here for Barry Lonnie Jr. to have a good passing season? It's good. Relatively for Illinois? Like, could you have a top 10 Big Ten passing game with this group of wide receivers? Can you be better than four other Big Ten teams? Uh, I mean – I'm not making like that's yeah. If Illinois was tenth well, in passing, like you'd take it, right? Like you take it. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt. The answer, reluctantly, is yes because you have the cheat coach type of answer to that, and Isaiah Williams. Like because of him, you feel like they can be a top ten in the Big Ten passing team. Again, to reiterate, that's better than four teams. Four teams. Like you're not. It's not like, can they be as good as Ohio State? It's, can you be better than four of the teams in the Big Ten? Isaiah Williams gets you a pretty fair amount of the way there, I, I think. And then you've got you've to have some of those other guys to step up. I would not go higher than 10, but I would put them at, at 10 and feel okay about it. I don't know that I'd feel super comfortable about it, but I'd feel okay. All right, just to give you an idea. 10th in the Big Ten last year and passing yards per game, which is not the stat I love. Um, passing yards per game was Indiana, Northwestern just ahead of them, Iowa ahead of them. Those are not good passing attacks, right? Um, Iowa did just enough um, to, to make up for their defense was elite, though. Indiana was awful. Pass efficiency, Iowa was 10th at 111.7. That's bad. Like that, that's not good. Wisconsin was ninth at 120.7. Graham Mertz was not very good last year. Penn State was eighth at 133. Yeah, if you had like a 120 pass efficiency or, or higher, that, that'd be kind of significant improvement for Illinois, but that's going to require receivers to, to make some plays, and uh, that's the big question out of this group. But I think Isaiah Williams uh, certainly feels like uh, he could be that. So I think there's, an, there's enough, barely. If Isaiah Williams gets hurt, Joey, I get very concerned. Yeah, I mean, he's in Iowa. And I, I just – maybe I, I know I've said this a few times. Dude, if you got one of their sophomore wide receivers, whether it be Arlen Bruce or Keegan – is it Keegan Johnson, I, I think is his last name? Dude, you're backflipping the streets if you're the coaching staff. Like, I really like those two receivers, and that's what this team, this team needs. And – Yet, again, the bar, we're not putting this bar very high, Jeremy, but yeah, there, there's a push, a push to 10. There's barely enough as long as Tommy DeVito's got to deliver here now, too. Like, that, that is not, it's, it's not been like Illinois had these superstar receivers and no quarterback to get it to them, and it's not like they've had this quarterback and nobody in the world to throw it to. It has been a hearty mix of not enough at those positions for a while now. So it's hard because those two have to marry with one another, obviously. But I think Isaiah Williams is a, it's the one that can put you over the top and get you 10th in the Big Ten. 
And the other thing, I forgot to say this about the Isaiah thing. The other thing uh, outside of talent that Isaiah has, like he's just got, you know, this natural raw ability to, to stop and move, right? Stop and go at such a quick pace. Um, elusiveness is through the charts, right? Um, speed's good. I, I don't know if it's elite, but it's really good. But his work ethic is unbelievable. He is such a driven young man. Uh, and I think he's going to get the most out of himself. So that, that's another reason I, I really buy uh, Isaiah Williams. So, yeah, I, I think there's enough here if Isaiah Williams stays healthy, but I feel like they're so reliant on him. And that's what's got to change through recruiting, right? And it's why the 2023 recruiting class, the, the one big question I have is can they land a difference-making receiver? Can they land Malik Elzey? Can they land Fama Toure? Most people think they're running second for both of those. They're probably going to have to show something on the field, Joey, to entice the transfer that they need next year or the 2024 guy or the late or late developing guy uh, in the class of 2023 if they're not able to get an LC or Toure because the lack of, you know, talking about Dudek and Allison and Turner and Jenkins and, and Regis Ben, it's really hard to recruit these guys right now when, when you don't have a great sell for these wide receivers. Well, you know, you look across the Big Ten, like even Iowa, you're talking about, has had some guys, right? Um, Michigan State has guys. Ohio State's a different level, right? You're not even recruiting at the same level. But Purdue, like look at the wide receivers they've been developing in that room. So that's what Barry Lundy's got to do, man. He's got a huge job. We talked about with the quarterbacks, the receivers, uh, just as important. You know who would be really good on this team? Zakari Franklin. <laughs> it's not really even a hot take. Like that, I'm not gonna lie. When they hired Ronnie, I was like, I wonder. I just wonder if they could, they could get both of those guys. Obviously, Zachary Franklin stayed. But can I can I ask you a very off-topic question? Not really off-topic, but not Illinois-related. Is there a position group in college football recruiting better than Ohio State is recruiting wide receivers? Alabama wide receivers. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, and but Alabama just took one from Ohio State, a guy who couldn't get on the field at Ohio State, turned him into a first round pick. Yeah, what those two are doing right now at wide receiver is it feels like unlike anything we've ever seen. Like, even like Wisconsin offensive linemen had such a great run under Bielema. Um this feels like even different than that. Like the Alabama, Ohio State wide receiver rooms have just been ridiculous. And you think of Saban eight, seven years ago, you know, quarterbacks and wide receivers, they weren't getting it. It was just the, the linemen, the defenders, the running backs. And then he just changed, uh, you know, adopted his system to something different. Now, this is a very different comparison, very loose comparison. Bielema is trying to change something, right? I think he knows, like his offense has to, you know, be different, be a little bit more modern under Barry Lunny, but to, to compete in the Big Ten, you got to be able to throw the ball. You still have to be able to throw the ball, even in the Big Ten West, as long as it is here. Uh, and and they were not able to do that under Tony in that kind of old school offense. Yeah, you know, look, I'm sure there's some, maybe it, there's probably some defensive position on Georgia or Alabama that I'm going to be like, oh, of course, it's one of those that are recruiting as well as Ohio State, but Dude, it's crazy. That is, it's insane that that's the Ohio State and the Iowa's, Illinois, Wisconsin, the world are in the same conference, but that position group is just playing a different game. It's unbelievable. But yeah, to your point, and I probably, he, he did have to evolve. And 
credit to him for seeing it early and not trying to to drag this thing into a second year when it wasn't working but now it's got to work man like it's it's got to work and I, I don't know how much that, that's my other question jeremy is how much like what does this have to look like to be able to go and have like an attractive pitch in the portal or an attractive pitch to high school kids like what does that look like because if you're like, isaiah you williams getting drafted isaiah williams getting drafted yeah what about if you're a big receiver though like you you, you I, still I, make the point that we, we yeah. can get the passing game moving yeah yeah even if like you get casey washington 500 yards or right like pat bryant has a breakout year and has 400 yards. you know what i mean like i still think you can sell that it's like hey look what these guys were doing before Barry Lunny comes in, all of a sudden, it's a competent Big Ten passing offense. Imagine if we brought in you, Malik Elsie. Imagine if we brought in you, 2024, six foot three, 200 pound receiver, right? Like, that's, I, I think that's the first step. You can only do so much with what you have. It's up to Barry Lunny to maximize that. And that's why I keep saying it Barry Lunny is the most important story of the 2022-23 Illinois athletics year. It's, uh, there's an opportunity to be kind of the offensive version of how they can pitch their safeties, right? And defensive backs, like the opportunities there, it's gotta be maximized, but uh, and I know we talked about this in other pot. I just don't know if there's a bigger storyline in Illinois football than the passing attack, period. Yeah. I, there's not, and I don't know how close it is either, Jeremy. It is tremendously important. And until we get answers, those are the two biggest question marks, quarterback and wide receiver. All right, we'll continue our position previews. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Lana Enquirer podcast. Give us a rating, follow, review, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate listening to us. You can check us out on YouTube as well. Just search Lana Enquirer on YouTube and give us a follow there as well. But until next time, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we will talk to you next time on the Lana Enquirer podcast. 